welcome to Stidia Cast, where Stidia trash meets Stidia garbage to be a complete Stidia dumpster heap. This season, we are talking about the episodes of Teen Wolf that have made us laugh, cry, and fangirl. Because Lydia Martin loves Style Stalinsky and he loves her too. This is Stidia Cast, and Canon is maybe finally delivering. and welcome to the first episode of season three of StidiaCast, where we will be talking about season six, episode one of a little show we like to call Teen Wolf. I am Rachel, and I am Ron Gasm on Tumblr, and I am joined tonight by... Um, I'm Anya, and I'm Style Still Likes Lydia on Tumblr. I'm Rachel, and I am It's Always Lydia on Tumblr. And I am also Rachel, but I am MadGrad2011 on Tumblr. Yes, there are I just start off by saying I'm really sorry that I forgot to say Anya and her username in our live cast. I was so embarrassed within like 10 minutes of the live stream ending. I screamed and realized I had forgotten her. And I yelled at Rachel and Maggie for not saving me. And Rachel honestly thought that she was the person who had listed everybody and what they do. So she thought it was her fuck up. And then I messaged Anya on Tumblr and said, sorry for like another 10 minutes. It was great, but I'm still sorry. It's really fine. Well, thank you for cutting into a whole minute of our recording time. It was important because I forgot her. Maybe she's like Styles in the season six episode one premiere of Teen Wolf memory loss that was an amazing move along there i'm pretty impressed with myself so that was an excellent transition <laughs> you're welcome this is gonna be a, a fascinating transition <laughs> random unbreakable kimmy schmidt reference for you guys to get us started this week all right so i guess we should talk first about the like first eight minutes of the episode because everybody's already seen them and they've already been kind of they were like leaked air quotes beforehand so what did you guys mm-hmm. think about them like what was the vibe that you got the first time you were watching and like did that vibe change after you saw the entire episode um i think that if you're going to start an episode like starting the episode with laden was just dragged so much and like all that was the most scripted feeling part of the episode like liam and hayden and mason were in it later and it didn't feel as awful as the very first scene it was like got us there oh she can lift the jeep wow i mean not jeep wow <laughs> i am so in love with you we went on a date over christmas time lapse mm-hmm. like yeah it was the, <laughs> there has been a few months since you last saw us scene and now we are still very happy in dating yeah it was rough yeah, yeah and i got the impression in that scene in particular that they were trying to like recreate some of the magic that was season one Scott and Allison like that was that was really I feel like what they were trying to go for and it just was it felt really um felt really awkward yeah like with the the girl being really amazing at something and the guy's like oh you're so smart and pretty I love you and Mm -hmm. it just it felt like like I honestly thought it felt like they were just eating up time and I didn't understand why they would do that because we have to get going guys don't you know (laughs) Yeah, like that scene could have taken half the amount of time it did. But true, it, it did definitely drag. Like I understand starting the scene like that, but like it doesn't. It first of all, like opening a season of Teen Wolf with Layden, like come on, guys. But also, for most of the fandom, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, but it's Scott's show. I just, I always just feel like we need to start out with Scott because he's the beginning of everything. That's true. I yeah. almost want to go back and watch other premieres and seeing like, you know, where if Scott like doesn't show up. Freebie starts first- with Styles. If like, but but Scott shows up like before the cold open, and he does here. But I want to look at like how long it takes took to get to Scott in this premiere versus other premieres. If it's the first shot isn't of him, yeah, you know what I mean. Very good point, yeah. Rachel. So, but I guess yeah. Other than weird. that, the humor the humor in the first part of this episode was good and really made me feel like the show is getting back on track to where I personally want to see it. So I was really excited about that. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Scott on top of the van. I was oh my goodness, that, that. Was, <laughs> I was like, yes, this is the best thing I've ever seen. He <laughs> wouldn't so stop. <laughs> <laughs> and you just get the feeling that Styles has been like going absolutely crazy like these past three months, which actually kind of refutes some of my Styles headcanons. Like I always felt like Scott was going to be like, I have to stay here and protect it. But Scott's like all Zen. And he's like, I got to leave and live my life. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this. Yeah. Keep doing what you're doing. Scott, I want you to go live your life, to be honest. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I, I love how in the first eight minutes, you kind of see how the, the pack has become like the official, unofficial, like, group of misfit vigilantes you know like everybody knows what they're doing and um it's kind of like unspoken that if there's something crazy going on and they're going to be part of it just in order to make sure that it doesn't have anything to do with the supernatural so I really like seeing those interactions specifically with the sheriff but it, it was like throughout like you even got to see it later on with um Lydia's mom and things like that it's like everybody knows now <laughs> that mm-hmm. Scott is the protector of Beacon Hills and they're just kind of like okay get your yeah, schoolwork done for <laughs> I really liked the pack dynamics in this episode um and I think that this is the way we all imagine the pack like I know that when I write fan fiction for example this is how I try to write the pack and so I was really excited to see the pack like this um especially my actually my two favorite scenes in this episode were the scene in the car park and the scene um with all of them at the table like together so my two favorite uh, scenes in this episode were pack scenes I just think that they were written so beautifully and I loved them and they are everything that I want out of pack scenes yeah, I love when Malia showed up at the car park and just, like, transformed naked and everybody was just like, oh, here's some clothes. Like, yeah. it made me so Scott happy. looked away, the gentleman. <laughs> everybody so was, was just like, chill, something like, I haven't seen before. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Scott has also seen it before because her fir- yeah. very first human scene, she is nude, but... Well, yeah, but I he's mean... He's still a gentleman. Scott. <laughs> I, I feel like... Just, like literally like, oh, Malia's naked again. Shrug. <laughs> whatever (laughs) the juxtaposition of 3b styles trying to like look away from malia's nudity and 6a styles being like i'm not even attracted to you anymore but like or maybe he is but i'm not like in love with you anymore or maybe he never was but the point here is (laughs) we'll talk about that later (laughs) this is too hard i don't get styles Lindsay's feelings i just pretend to (laughs) um i just love I, i liked the way that the juxtaposition of that, but definitely my favorite part of that scene was the Melidia friendship. Um, yeah. 
it's what I think it's what all of us have been looking for. Like we want this for Lydia. Like Lydia does not have girlfriends anymore, and finally she has something with Malia, and I am very excited to see that manifesting on my screen. I think that there was a real fear in the fandom of abandoning what their last shot together was in Five B, where they're meeting in um, the parking lot of the school and they talk, and Lydia links arms with her and leads her into the school together. Because it would be so easy to just kind of have them continue to not be, like, palling around type of friendship. But from this, like, Malia, I noticed, was taking a couple social cues from Malia. Like, when Malia, Lydia gives, like, the sassy quip and walks away, when Malia turns around, she flips her hair <laughs> for a little bit. And I thought that was so cute because that is such, like, a feminine little trait that we don't, we have not seen Malia do very often and then when they were posing for the picture and Lydia like leans back against the table so that she can like I think probably so everyone can like be at the same depth in the frame Malia leans back a little bit too so she can like angle herself I think behind Lydia they are perfectly in sync and Malia is looking directly at Lydia while she's doing that and I just thought that that was really really nice to see (laughs) Yeah, I really loved having Melidia so much, too, because it's just, like, one of those things where, like, she's the only other girl left on the show, really, besides Hayden, but Hayden's younger, so, like, there's not as much of the, like, friendship dynamic there, and so I was like, if they just pretend that, oh, they have this friendship, so, like, we showed this one moment in 5B, and that establishes their friendship for, like, the rest of Team Wolf. I really appreciated like that that didn't happen and that we had so many Melidia moments in this episode. This felt like something where they're trying to parallel a relationship from a previous season. It actually felt like that to me. It felt mm. like season three, um, Allison and Lydia, especially because Lydia walks in to the school and she senses that something's wrong. And Malia pops right up in her face and says, you know, is something wrong? And that's how... Um, 3B started with Allison having her like nightmare, waking nightmare of Kate in the morgue, um, where she's on the, and then when she's, yeah, right, just Kate, Kate yeah, morgue, you're right. It. And then Lydia pops up really close and oh. says, Is something wrong? And it's just such a departure and an evolution from season four. Malia, who said she would leave Lydia behind, and like even in a lot of season five, their um, interactions had that like slight bit of bitter tension because both of them clearly knew something that was not going to ever be talked about ever but I didn't feel that at all in their interactions in season six like Malia still was not like warm and cuddly towards Lydia which I think is neither of their characters but it just felt like so much more supportive between the two of them and there was actual concern there as opposed to like the social necessity for concern (laughs) Um, so I, I think actually that my my favorite scenes in the first episode were the Malia and Lydia scenes. Like I absolutely loved the scene in the car park where Lydia says something super sassy and like turns around and Malia does the hair flip. I had to pause the episode and just like take that in because I, I absolutely adored it. And I loved too the interaction that they had when Lydia calls Malia and is like, I need you. And Malia comes and they they have that great conversation. And you have that moment of Lydia realizing that Malia doesn't remember styles anymore. And Malia still being like, okay, I know this is important. And I just, I really love that interaction between the two of them. 
Speaking of the car park scene, I loved the Stidia banter in that scene. That I feel like we got every single version of Stidia that we love in this episode. Like we had we had detective Stidia, we had romantic Stidia, we had banter Stidia. Like we just we had all the facets of Stidia that we adore. Um, and this was the first example of that. I really love the fact that when you I paused it to look at it and when Styles is bantering with Lydia there's like this glow in his eyes at one point that just made me like lose it like he's having fun he likes mm-hmm. bantering with her he likes talking to her like he's having a good time and they sound harsh but like I think the fact that he goes uh it's way more than that is like him <laughs> te- him teasing her and she teases mm-hmm. him too in this episode and it's just kind of delightful to see this like flirtatious, fun version of Cydia who are battling it out for the wittiest. Yeah, it was, it, um, this first episode definitely felt like all the best parts of season three finally making a reappearance (laughs) that we haven't seen in such a long time. I'll be honest, this episode was like 40 minutes and it took me like an hour and a half to watch it because I rewatched all of the pack scenes probably like three or four times. (laughs) We've and been craving it. Like, we've been craving yeah. these pack scenes. We needed these. Yeah. And, like, when the Entertainment Weekly review, I think, said that there was lots of banter between the two of them, part of me was like, oh, it's going to be, like, 401, where we got that one really, really good opening banter scene, and then they, like, didn't really interact anymore because they're separated. Like, I thought that it was going to be, like, you know, snapshot of them together, but instead, like, it actually did carry through the episode and Styles was a lot like the season five Styles, who's like almost constantly anxious about something evil, was gone. And said he's just anxious about graduating and missing out on um, spending time with these people, which felt so nice. Like I think that's another complaint we all had: is Dark Styles is fun in small doses, but we can't have an entire season of it. We definitely can't have an entire A and B season of it because it's just such an immense overload that it becomes distracting to whatever plot is going on because it's like oh styles is still thinking about how he killed that guy in self-defense let's spend (laughs) another scene on that yeah definitely completely agree rachel Mm -hmm. yeah that car park scene was amazing with lydia Instant, like instantly, the first shot of Lydia Martin is her admiring how she looks and teasing Styles. Oh, and she felt so Lydia. Like she felt like season three Lydia in that scene. Like she felt really good. I just like I loved, I loved that one like piece of banter. And I think that she was flirting with him. I think she was teasing him. Like I'm not gonna lie. Like I truly believe that that's how she flirts with him. Because it's not the same type of flirting that we see Lydia utilize on other male characters. And to me, that that matters. Like, that makes a difference. Because I never want to see Lydia flirting with Styles the way she flirts with other male characters until after they're already together. Like, I've said that plenty of times. Like, I think that she sacrifices pieces of herself to flirt. And... I just don't want to see that with Styles because they don't have the same relationship. They are first and foremost always friends. And the friendship matters to me so much more than seeing Lydia sacrificing components of herself to flirt. So that scene to me was just perfect. Like that like banter, the teasing him. She and was then very later, mischievous. The French scene. When they were French mm, kissing yeah. on Teen Wolf. I mean <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that hit, that hit the editing room floor. <laughs> oh, that's actually but probably no, true. Like, I thought that was also really cute because it's Lydia again, like throwing her knowledge around as a way to like demonstrate that she's in control and she has like this power about her. And 
I thought it was really interesting how Styles asks, like, oh, well, what's French for, like, a general sense of doom and dread? And Lydia says, a banshee, and that's her storyline this season. She had, because she's a banshee, tied to him, specifically through the ice bath scene, um, she's going to immediately have this sense of, like, dread and danger when he's gone. So, mm-hmm. it was just all so, so good. I wonder if this season, the question of, is the tether two-sided going to be answered? Absolutely. With, ah. with no. I, it just, I just don't know if, like, it's going to be something that Styles can generate himself, or if Lydia kind of has to, like, pull, and then he can sort of um, pull back. One of my friends asked me earlier today, do you think that Styles is going to be able to know when Lydia remembers him? Or will he just be down there, like, hopeless and hoping to get back to her? I feel like probably the second one, just knowing the way Teen Wolf is. And plus, because, I don't know, this could just be me, but, like, from the way that the previews are going, it looks like they feel pretty isolated. But I hope that I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I'm way worse at predicting things than the rest of you are. (laughs) My theory is, if... Again, if Lydia initiates it in um, the trailer for the, the super trailer for the season, at one point she's like putting her hand to like through a mirror almost. So I'm wonder if if Lydia can reach through briefly into the the in between station. I think that Styles, if he's you know if there's a mirror there that he's looking at, I think he'll see it and it might just get snatched away. I don't know if there's going to be, like, something inside him that senses, like, my friends remember me. I think before it's going to be, like, his sense of conviction. Because, like Anya said in the previews, he says someone's going to remember me. And Peter basically says that's not how it works. Um, But I think he's going to have that conviction. Maybe he will get hopeless because we have that wall scene. But I got faith in my girl and her banshee powers. I'm pretty excited for that. To be fair, we don't have a ton of styles in the wall scene. So, like, Lydia could be sobbing and styles could just be, like, sitting there. Like, to be very fair. We just don't know why he's leaning up against the wall. Because where do you sit? You're in a train station. No, just like his posture. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, like, it's it's very different to see somebody... like sitting in a chair versus sitting in a chair, but their body posture is slumped over you. the table in their arms. Got you. Yeah, so I I think that, well, I'm going to hold out that hope that when Lydia finally realizes who it is she's missing, that Styles also kind of has that realization as well that she's, she knows. Um, but I think a lot of it, like Rachel E. was saying, is, is going to come from his conviction that someone's going to remember him. So how about right, Scott so, in this episode? Um, I love Scott, as is abundantly obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't in the episode enough, but I was talking to somebody else about this. I was talking to Raina, who was Fuck Yeah, Styles and Lydia on Tumblr. And she said that it felt like because they knew that Styles was going to get taken, they overutilized him in this episode, which I think is a very fair criticism. Yeah. So, like, everything had to be figured out by Styles because he was going to be missing, and th- and we as an audience have this sense of, like, dread, and Lydia finds out right before he's taken, so, and he finds out while he's being taken, so it's like, oh my god, the two people who know what's going on are the last people who know, but it's not going to matter anymore. Um, so, I, I loved that he was working on a psych paper. Um, yes. And it's definitely AP Psych, and... So he, he might have used the word sublimate wrong. <laughs> um, 
Um, because sublimate is a Freudian um, term in psychoanalysis where like stuff that's socially unacceptable in terms of an impulse or an idealization because Freud was all about unconscious desire is like taken and put into something that's considered more societally or socially acceptable. Sublimation in general is um, with regards to, I think, sexual urges. So you can't like sublimate about high school graduation <laughs> really into something else. Um, it, it's almost like Scott might have meant to use the word displacement, but even that's not perfect. My personal headcanon, because I think it's pretty stupid to like purposefully write Scott using the wrong word, is I think that he was teasing Styles about like being sexually frustrated and like getting towards this, um, like to getting towards graduation and like nothing has still happened between him and Lydia. And so he's like avoiding the end of high school because he's like, I gotta do, like, I gotta figure this out. Like, I have to get a yes or no before I graduate and therefore but I don't want to graduate so I'm like not gonna do these things like so I like to think that if Scott because I think he knows I hope he knows Scott is smart um that he was like teasing Styles and being like oh you're just sexually frustrated and you don't want to graduate because you know you still haven't you know like had a resolution with this girl I totally agree. <laughs> I think that Scott knew exactly what he was saying. And I think Lydia, that's why Lydia's reaction was like, supplement? <laughs> like, um, and then when he was like, oh, psych paper, and, and just her facial expression after that, where she was like, okay. Like, I think Lydia, I think Lydia got it, too. Yeah, a little she, bit, or at least knew that he was went, down. I don't yeah. think Styles did. But Lydia definitely. No, no, totally over Styles' head. Yeah. <laughs> Everything goes over Styles' head. If Lydia, like, gave him a bunch of candy hearts that said, like, I love you, he'd be like, Lydia, you left your candy hearts on the counter again. And she'd be like, are you kidding? <laughs> you know the pink ones are my favorite flavor. You're the nicest. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Who gave these to you that wasn't me? God damn it. <laughs> I was also really happy about all the skiles that we got in this episode since we know that they're going to be separated too. I was kind of worried that because, you know, the hype is about Stydia this season, that there wasn't really going to be much skiles in the episode. So I was really excited that there were so many pack scenes and that so much of that was Scott and Styles, especially the scene where Scott's like, Styles, I can't miss another class. I've missed 38 classes last <laughs> semester. And then they like, investigate the blue tint and he's like 39 it's got like 39 and it was just so season one even like season one skiles again and i was so happy and miss martin was the one who like pulled through for him in the guidance office so he would still be able to graduate on time i thought that was a really nice moment to hear that natalie was helping with her knowledge mm-hmm. and that of what was going on and how important that protecting people is to scott and styles I remember that when I first started watching Teen Wolf, one thing that I used as, like, a selling point to, like, prove to people why I, like, enjoyed Teen Wolf was I was, like, they actually get the parents involved, and they, like, talk about stuff with the parents, and the parents help them with the supernatural stuff, and no other teen show does that, and so I absolutely have always loved the fact that Teen Wolf was really big on getting the the adults involved, and when they added the grown-ups to the theme song, I was like, fucking here for it. I was like, yes, bring it, give it to me. 
Yeah, when the t- when the adults showed up, I like paused my screen and just like screamed in joy. I was so excited. <laughs> okay, also I really loved. This is going off the track a little bit, but it's still like adult parent parental figures. I loved that we had a bunch of like sheriff, deputy, police action going on in this episode but when there was a deputy it was clark i was gonna say it's like there was we got the usual deputy though yeah i was so happy because clark I, i'm really interested in clark and like her relationship with hayden and with the sheriff and like she was so barely there last season because they were like well we don't really need two deputies but like we need a reason that hayden is like living with Someone she yeah, and, and we don't want to hire. There's a her. reason that she has a different last name than Hayden too. Like cause somebody said she's Deputy Clark, but it's Hayden Romero. Like mm-hmm. why? And then I, I forget who said it. If it was Jeff or um, one of the other writers on Twitter who said like, oh, well, there's a reason for that. Like they have a backstory as to what's going on there. Yeah, so I was really excited that she was in the episode um, a fair amount, especially because you know. We're a little underrepresenting women on the show at the moment. So mm-hmm. it's like, at least we have her. At the moment? Yeah. Please. <laughs> Always. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was like, like watching- she got Kira in trouble last season. So I'm glad she's here to be a force for good and not a force for arresting Kira Yukimura. True. Kira yeah, deserves like, better. Gone. I was like watching the opening and I was like, yes, the parents are here. And then I was like, wait, the reason they can fit in the parents is because Kira's gone. And then I was bitter. And then I had to get over it so I could watch the rest of the episode. <laughs> I had to move on. I did it for you guys. <laughs> you know who I did it for? Did it for Stydia. Let's talk about the end of the episode with Styles and Lydia because... We have to, we, before we do that, we have to like name drop what 2.0's plot line was because they were in the episode a lot. This is called Stydia <laughs> cast, not 2.0 cast. Yeah, but we're talking about the episode. But I personally feel like we have four minutes left. I need to talk about Stydia. But we just need to say that like the 2.0 are the ones who are introduced with the cat with uh, the class with Mr. Douglas, who from the very poor job at covering up the casting, he's the Nazi werewolf that they teased in the previously on and the episode started. And he's talking about Schrodinger's cat in superposition, which is huge this season. And I'm glad that they have it, like, as a non-specific hot teacher crush, as opposed to... Because they tease you as catching the eye of more than one student. And I was worried there would actually be relationships put forward there. But instead, it's like, oh, he's the teacher that everyone has a crush on. Yeah. That's all I wanted to say. And then the dumb compass thing where we know that the wild hunt is coming because what they're doing makes compasses go haywire. Mm. All right. Also, you can't disappear in a classroom when everyone's looking at you, Corey. Oh my gosh, Corey is so dumb. Okay, now we can talk about Stidia. <laughs> so guys, what did you Let think of... My, another constant. Along with Stidia, I still hate Corey. <laughs> Honestly, if Corey, if Corey dies in any episode, that's my new favorite episode. It beats Galvanize. <laughs> Just the kidding, nothing beats Galvanize. I don't want him to die is because Mason would be sad. And Mason would get but over it. Mason would get over it because Corey of Brett. Mason would lean on Brett's shoulder and they would find true happiness. Please. <laughs> Ani, your okay. eyeshadow looks amazing. Thank you. Anyway. Like, okay. So, okay. so the end of the episode was vaguely important to some people. <laughs> so I re- <laughs> Wait for the episode for eight months, spends entire podcast talking about other scenes. <laughs> we spent so much talking about other stuff at the beginning of this. Um, so personally, I think that the moment Styles realized that Lydia loves him too is when she said I'm not leaving you. Um, 
And that makes a difference to me. The fact that he had that realization because she echoed his words back to him and she didn't even have to say it. I think that there was a lot of buildup that we didn't get to see over the hiatus, which is okay. So I think that he was already on the cusp of that. But she said, I'm not leaving you, like he said to her last season. And I think that that just kind of epitomizes their relationship as a whole, which, to be perfectly honest, fucks me up. Mm. I also loved the way she said, I know you, after he was like, thank God you know me. The way she said, I know you, I like also screamed again and then just like slid onto the floor. (laughs) So the thing about that scene is that like, I pay very close attention to the way Holland delivers lines, like her emphasis on words, the way she um, uses her voice. And I have never heard her even in all of her desperate, like, horror Lydia acting, I have never heard her act the way she was acting in that scene. She's never done a Lydia voice like that. I can I can say with almost, almost certainty that that is the only time Lydia's voice has sounded like that in canon. And to me, at first, I was very taken aback by it. The first time I watched the episode, I was like, whoa. But after rewatching it, I was like, oh my god, this girl is so desperate. She's about to lose the boy she loves. Everyone's forgetting him. And I thought that Holland just did a, a tremendous job because Lydia is literally experiencing something that she has never experienced before. She's experiencing, I think, a level of desperation that she has not felt because this is, like, completely hopeless and there's nothing she can do about it. And um, Holland just portrayed that incredibly well. So the, the scene where he kisses her on the cheek, I think, is really important, too, because it's indicative of how much their relationship has grown over the, the time lapse, those, those three months. Um, and the fact that he's comfortable enough to, to kiss her on the cheek and that she doesn't, like, her reaction when, when he does it, it's just, it shows how, how much they care for each other and how much their friendship has grown. And um, I, I agree that the moment when he realizes that she loves him is when she says that she's not going to leave him. Mm -hmm. And the way they hold hands all the way through the parking lot, I realized that I don't think they've ever held hands for that long. And that like really screwed with me. Well, as as soon as Lydia found him, she doesn't let go of him. Like she grabs his arms and then like, doesn't let go. It's a lot like, um, in the opening for three a where, you know, they get into the car accident and styles runs over and says, are you okay? And he kind of like really gently brushes her arms to kind of like comfort her, but they're not that close yet. But this time Lydia runs up, finds him and just latches onto him instantly. And then they never break contact. Yeah. I love the fact that she feels kind of entitled to touch styles because she knows that he won't mind. Like, I think that they've gotten to a level of comfort with each other that, has allowed for that and to me that just means a lot because I I like to think about what they were doing over the hiatus together and like how their relationship dynamic shifted into something a little bit more comfortable a little bit flirtier um just like closer to what we had in 3a and 3b I really liked that Mm -hmm. I feel like the way that Lydia said don't kiss me kind of hints at the fact that he's kissed her before me too me too yes or like the temple or (laughs) Yeah, like, that that was the impression that I got. Like, okay, this has happened before, and it, it's just now, in, in this moment, when she's like, don't, don't do this. Like, don't, no. And he's like, oh, oh, really? I'm going to do it anyway. And then, like, run away, like, a little. I, I get the know. sense of, I'm going to do it anyway, but I thought she said, do not kiss me, because it was, like, her drawing, like, like saying, like, friends don't kiss people. <laughs> like, <'cause, laughs> like, I thought she was thinking, like, oh, my goodness, I can't, like, let this happen. But then he was, like... 
thinking, I'm going to do it anyways because I, I'm, like, it's fine. Like, I am just comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then when she smiles afterwards, it's, a, it's kind of like, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and how about the final scene in the interior of the Jeep? Anya, what did you think of that? Um, I died again. There was a lot of dying going on in this episode. <laughs> and I loved, um, just, like, the pacing of how frantic it was. And then, the, like, when he took out the key and then it slowed down. I thought that was a really nice, like, transition into it. I also want to talk about, um, what you think, spe- if you think they were referencing specifically something. Like, when he said, when he said, um, remember how you saved my life and you saved my life too. Like, do you think they were referencing a specific time to each of them? Or do you think just in general? Because they've both, like, they really have saved each other so many times. Um, I think that it could be a couple different scenes. And I've seen, like, edits and gift sets where it's either the person who's making them calling out one scene or they call out all of the times that they've saved each other. But I'm wondering if um, either of those moments, like, if the editing will... In, in the show, we'll choose one. Like, if there's going to be something, um, like, if Lydia goes to a lacrosse game and all of a sudden she gets, she hears someone say, Lydia, run, and then mm-hmm. she turns and, like, and we know they cast a, a photo double for Buzzcut Styles, and she kind of, like, thinks she sees a boy with a Buzzcut running, and then her attention snaps back away. Or if she um, is, like if she goes into the locker room and like, she kind of gets a memory of the panic attack. Like I'm, if I think it could be many things, I'm hoping the editing of the show will kind of like weave those specific memories into the narrative. Yeah. That would be so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I think it's all of those things. Like when they were saying that to each other, it was representative of all of the times that they saved each other. And I, I think it's a big deal too, for Lydia to, to say that and admit that to Styles that he like and I think it's it's more than him just just saving her life I think he he saved her in other ways like and helped her become um the person that she is now in canon and has helped her grow into this into an even more confident and um loving and and vulnerable vulnerable person Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's I a also, weird part of Lydia that rejoices in the level of vulnerability that she's able to achieve now, and that makes me so happy. I know that she's afraid of vulnerability, but I also think that there's just some part of her that, like, really isn't... She sees how much she's grown, and she knows it's because of him, and she likes it, even though it scares her. And to me, that just shows how incredibly brave Lydia Martin is, and just like, guys, she deserves the world! <laughs> I also really liked that Styles said, remember how I had a crush on you freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, and then didn't say senior year? Like, he was, like, still holding back a little bit. And then the reason he didn't say, like, senior year is because it's not a crush anymore. Like, you, I mean, personally, I don't think it was really a crush junior year either. But maybe at the, Same. Be- like, the beginning of junior year it was still. So I was like, okay, I'll let it slide. Because, like, beginning of 3A, you can still characterize it that way. But um, I really liked the way he, like, cut himself off. Like, it's not that anymore. And then was about to be taken, was like, you know what? I just got to say it before I go. And I was like, I, like, I thought that was a really good choice. Um, 
like leading up to it like yeah I used to have a crush on you because he had just like stone cold dropped any pretense of like possibly maybe even liking her at all like in season four like they tried their best to pretend that oh all this buildup just doesn't exist anymore so like for the first time we finally get a call back to that and I thought that was a good way of like leading up to the I love you mm-hmm. yeah personally my favorite part of that scene was that you're gonna forget me and then Lydia goes I won't no I won't I won't and his face gets so soft like he knows that she doesn't want to forget him like he sees in that moment how much she cares and how she's like literally defying like they have evidence they have proof and Lydia thrives on proof like it's everything to her they have literal evidence that she's about to forget him everybody else in his entire life did his father Scott Malia Lydia's like, no, you mean too much to me. I'm not going to forget you. And his face gets all soft when he realizes that. And he goes, Lydia, you will. And, like, that destroyed me. Like, I watched it, like, eight bazillion times because I could not deal with the fact that he was finally seeing everything that she had been hiding and that he had been refusing to see before. And it was too late. And he knew it was too late, but still he was using that last moment to comfort her because all that matters to him and all that's ever mattered to him is Lydia's happiness and her safety. Yeah, I think that that's also a good reason why we can say that he has conviction that somebody is going to remember him because of how sure that Lydia is that she will eventually remember him. So I think he's like, you will, but then he like looks at her face and like, you will forget me, but you might remember me too. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why he's gonna hold on he's gonna hold on to that moment in the jeep for as long as he's in the the in-between place (laughs) i want to die (laughs) okay um so guys how would you rate this episode giving it from one red string to five red strings what what's your red string rating for season six episode one who's starting me you um i would give it a four because I'm probably going to be fairly generous with my strings throughout the season, but um, I like I was really really happy with all of the pack moments and with like the way it felt like season three again. But I just could, the beginning was so bad. Like the first five minutes of Layden were so bad that I just I was like really afraid that that was going to be the tone of the rest of the episode. So I'm really glad it wasn't. But because it started with such poor pacing, like yeah. That was my biggest problem with it. Mine's a three and a half, basically, because I feel like there wasn't enough Scott, and I'm pretty sure he is going to be really important to figuring out the mystery of Styles. I think Lydia's going to be, like, the captain of this, like, adventure, but I'm pretty sure Scott's going to be the one who is able to bring something else to the table that's going to be really important. I don't think he's just going to be riding along in the back, like, cheering Lydia on. I think he's going to be really important. And like Anya said, the pacing in all the 2.0 scenes felt very slow, even if they were bringing something important to the plotline of the episode. The first scene, so much fluff. And then the compass plotline took about 70 years. So three and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have to agree with Rachel. I would probably give it a three and a half for a lot of the same reasons um, that both she and Anya brought up uh, specifically about the pacing that the first scene and really the scenes with with Liam and Hayden and Mason and Corey just they they 
<laughs> way too long, and it it felt like they were trying to recreate some of the uh, like initial um, banter and rapport that we loved from Scott and Styles in seasons one and two, and it just fell flat um, for me. But I absolutely adored all of the Lydia scenes. I mean, surprise, surprise. Um, but I love. I love to specifically her scenes with Malia. I thought Lydia and Malia for me throughout the episode were just awesome. And I can't wait to get more Scott. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My red string rating is going to be a 3.7. <laughs> um, because she averaged what Rachel and I said with what Anya said. <laughs> no, I, so I, the 2.0 would have dragged it down to like a 3.5 for me, but some of the one liners were so good that it brought it back up. Like the one liner about, like, with Lydia's makeup, the one-liner with Natalie saying, like, Scott can protect Beacon Hills at 3.30. By the way, what the fuck time does their elementary school get at if their high school gets out at 3.30? Like, oh, my God. Um, oh, well, maybe this school actually starts later the way that science says it should. Oh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, some of schools in my, like, school district, not mine, but um, some schools, like, the high school starts from nine to four and then the elementary school starts from like seven to two. My God. Okay. Anyway, this is what you would do when that happens is the high school (laughs) and elementary school times switch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, I just like some of the one liners were good enough for me that I, that they actually made up for how boring and awful the two, some of the 2.0 scenes were. I actually liked some 2.0 interactions. Like, um, when Hayden and Mason were talking to Liam about being an alpha, I enjoyed it. I was just about to say, I liked that scene because it kind of like, shows the good contrast and Liam maybe could be a leader someday, but he's not even close to being there yet. Absolutely. Um, so thank you guys for recording this episode with me. It has been a business doing pleasure with you. Um, and (laughs) uh, first Rachel, what? Buy me dinner first. I'll buy you dinner this weekend. <laughs> um, and after um, this week, we will be, don't forget to check out our Twitter during the episodes. We have special guest live tweeters from Tumblr blogs that you know and love, people who aren't on StudiaCast. And we also want your emails and your questions about the episodes so we can talk about them on our podcast and get some of your opinions. So email us at studiacast at gmail.com and let us know what you thought of the episode. Um, my name is Rachel. I'm Ron Gasm on Tumblr. I'm Anya, and I'm Styles Still Likes Lydia on Tumblr. My name is Rachel, and I'm It's Always Lydia on Tumblr. And I am also Rachel, but I am MadGrad2011 on Tumblr. And just remember, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this week's Stidia Cast. After next week's episode of Teen Wolf, tell us what you think of it by emailing studiacast at gmail.com and your comment might be featured on our show. Don't forget to follow us on our Tumblr, Studiacast, or our Twitter, Studia underscore cast. A special thanks to our editor, Rosemary, row your boat on Tumblr, and to our wonderful anonymous donor for making season three of Studiacast possible. See you next week for more shenanigans. You bring the tissues and we'll... Actually, we should probably be bringing tissues, too.